Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Uh, Garrison, is that good? Is nope. that the show? Nope, just keep going, though. Okay, well, <laughs> it could happen here is the show. Uh, that atonal noise is is my introduction this week because I'm a hack and a fraud. Who isn't a hack and a fraud is, uh, is our guest this week, St. Andrew. St. Andrew, you are a solar punk anarchist uh, from Trinidad, um, you have a YouTube channel um, where you talk about solar punk. Um, you talk about stuff like seed bombing. Yeah, I'm, I'm just very excited to have you on the show because I'm a big fan of your YouTube channel. Thank you. Glad to be here. Big fan of your work as well. Andrew, I kind of wanted to start with why this, why solar punk is important because um, I think it's easy for folks who just kind of skim it to see it. It's just like, oh, it's an aesthetic. It's maybe an art style or a fiction style um, maybe something that's neat, but not something that has like a lot of inherent value to people trying to change the world. And obviously you disagree with that. I disagree with it too. Um, a quote I keep coming back to again and again is one from Werner Herzog in the 1970s. Uh, and it was something along the lines of, I think that without better myths, we're destined to go the way of the dinosaurs. Um, right. It yeah. reminds me actually of, um, 
I forget his name right now, but there's this excellent, excellent book called The The Truth About Stories. And I think what it really emphasizes throughout the book is the importance of stories and how stories impact how we navigate the world. Which is yeah. why I sort of embraced solar punk, you know, as a story that we can work with going forward. Yeah, I I think um I think it's incredibly important to have better stories, better myths, because for one thing, I think where the left falls down a lot is not having is is accurately diagnosing the problems without providing a better look at at the at the future, you know, um, and when the problems are when the people who do kind of propose solutions, it's often um, not in a way people can feel one of the benefits that 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 the right has that fascism has is that they they're very good at providing people with myths and providing people with kind of a fictional look at at their idealized world that draws people in. You know, you they, can laugh yeah. at the right. You know, they have a const- lot of people that work mm-hmm. on like meta narratives, and that's yeah. very very core to their ideology. Um, so I, I guess where I'd, I'd like to start with you, Andrew, because this is kind of the first time I think we've really talked about solar punk on a, on this show, uh, even though from the beginning, before any of these episodes dropped, this was always a central part of our discussion about what the show was was going to be. Um, would you kind of provide an introduction to, to what solar punk is for our listeners? Sure, sure. So uh, I would say that solar punk is a vision of the future that places emphasis on the existing world and how we get to that future from where we are now. So it emphasizes the need for environmental sustainability, for self-governance and for autonomy and social justice. It emphasizes the need for, you know, human and ecocentric ends to really be in sync. And it aims to really heal the current rift between humanity and nature. It also recognizes, of course, that there isn't this binary between climate change happens and climate change doesn't happen. Rather, it understands that how we navigate it will uh, have a variety of consequences and some will be positive, some will be negative, but it's up to us to really shape that. Yeah, and it's... um. I want to drill into a couple of facets of that, but I, I want to quickly plug one of your YouTube videos for folks who kind of want a more involved um, explanation and, and, and background. You have a video called What is Solar Punk on your channel, St. Andrewism, like Andrew ISM, um, that I think is a fantastic introduction, not just to like the aesthetics of solar punk, but some of the practical uh, some of the practical kind of expressions of it. And and two of the ones you list as like examples of here's here's what this is, is like actual praxis, you know, and not just an aesthetic is is seed bombing. Um, and then you talk about this this very interesting kind of like terracotta air conditioning, which I think is I, I think is neat because it's it's that one of the problems that I think with kind of some versions of 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 particularly kind of on the more liberal end of, of, of solar punk imagining is just sort of like ways of replacing um, ways of gaining the same kind of consumptive benefits that exist. I, I guess not even, not even solar punk, like greenwashing, right? Greenwashing, like looking yeah. At, yeah. Yeah. Greenwashing. Like here, let's get the same conceptive benefits we get. Skyscrapers with just trees with on them. Yeah. yeah skyscrapers exactly. with same trees level on of it. consumerism, yeah. same level of, you know, destructive, yeah. extractive practices, but 
we have some flowers and some trees. So yeah. yeah, and that's not enough. But at the same time, there are things that aren't like air conditioning is contributes massively to climate change. It's also not a Indeed. luxury. Like if you live in a place where it's 120 <laughs> degrees a lot of the summer, that's not a luxury. Yeah, this is coming from someone in a tropical country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's definitely, um, definitely a necessity. Yeah, so I, I I wonder if you could talk about kind of those two. Uh, I mean, or if you have different ones you'd like to pick, but just kind of what you see as sort of the praxis expressions of solar punk, sort of beyond the aesthetic. Although we're going to drill into the aesthetic some too, because I also think that's important. Right. So I think some of my favorite manifestations of solar punk in a practical context. Uh, things like um, guerrilla gardening. Guerrilla gardening is probably the biggest one because it's one that someone could literally pick up and do today or tomorrow. You know, as soon as they hear about it, learn about it, just get some clay, get some seeds, you know, and put those things together. And as you're walking home or walking to the store, just toss them wherever there's some free dirt. Um, so that's a fun one. There's also, of course, things like they're a bit more involved like community gardening and particularly forest gardening, because that will provide a level of food autonomy and agency for people who have been alienated for a long time from the process of food production. Um, there are also practices like coppicing or coppicing, and it's like a way to produce lumber without chopping down a whole set of trees. So you are able to get the wood from the trees but the tree remains alive um there is also things like of course solar powered um uh, technology whether it be algae based um windows that you know extract energy from the sun or solar sails or solar ovens uh or like the terracotta air conditioning which by the way I learned recently, can't really work in a human environment. Yeah. But yeah, there are a lot of different opportunities there. Also, there are things like, you know, tool shares and maker spaces and seed libraries, all different ways to sort of bring it into fruition. Solar punk, that is. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I, I think a lot of that's really valuable. Um, I'm interested in in part sort of your your attitude on um what uh uh let me think about how to phrase this um what do you think are kind of the things as we talk about sort of the things that can be at least potentially replaced um with with less extractive less consumptive methods as sort of an example of solar punk practices replacing those things there's also things that we're not going to be able to have if we actually want to live in a more sustainable um, future that that doesn't uh, contribute to some of the nightmares that we're all going to be increasingly facing. Um, yeah. You're, you know, and again, I, I think it's it's telling that so much of kind of the, the, the future fantasies of that are written by people who come from, you know, my part of the world, the United States, focus on like kind of post-scarcity methods of, of, guaranteeing the continuation of consumption just through in some cases like fantastic methods um you know magical 3d printers and the like um you come from a very different part of the world very different perspective what do you see as the things that like we're going to have to give up 
coming from a country that is actually reliant on oil and natural mm-hmm. gas production, we have to get rid of cars. Yeah. We definitely absolutely have to get rid of cars. Um freighter ships as well. And really the whole way that, you know, global supply chains are structured right now. Not to say that there won't be any sort of global um sharing of resources in the future, but the way that it's happening right now, it can't continue to go on. We can't continue to structure our cities and our lives around cars, you know, and other methods of gas guzzling transportation because we're literally going to run out and we've known this for a long time but it's nearing the, the day is nearing closer and closer and um yeah we we have to find a way to do without it yeah and it's it's i i think tell like there's a couple of things that are important one of them is you can't just say we have to stop global trade because and global travel because the people have have sought and done that for as long as there have been people in one form or another. It's it's a fundamentally Indeed. human thing. But there are aspects of it like, you know, expecting that every kind of fruit and vegetable will be available year round, which is certainly yeah. a thing that we in the United States expect. Um, that doesn't that that's not part of a realistic future. Um, and if it's part of the future, then it's only going to be part of the future for an ever shrinking chunk of of the country. And you can see that in sort of um, or of the of the West. And you can see that in kind of um, the the like what we're dealing with right now with like the supply line shortages and failures. And like one of the I think the symbols of how far we have to go in my country is the degree to which people are freaking out by the fact that Christmas presents might be late, um, <laughs> let alone being like, yeah, you might not be able to buy coffee um, um, ever or all the time. You know, you might not be able to get yeah. uh, tomatoes in December, um, which reminds me. Um, hmm. I think one benefit to guerrilla gardening and that whole sort of mindset is as you learn to sow, you also learn to reap, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of people who get into guerrilla gardening also end up getting into foraging and there are apps and stuff that you could download that allow you to, you know, learn how to identify plants in your area. And you'd be surprised the number of plants in your area that are, you know, useful for teas or for salads or for whatever purposes, that can be used as replacements. Well, I'm not sure if they could replace coffee, but they could be beneficial um, in recognizing how we have to live with our local ecosystems, basically. Yeah. And a big, you know, when you talk about live, learning how to live with our ecosystems, stuff like planting um, forest gardens and the like, um, or food forests, I think is the term. Um I think something that has to be discussed is is the matter of of indigenous sovereignty, especially when we're talking about, you know, it's not just, you know, North America, a lot of chunks of the globe, indigenous people had spent, you know, in some cases, thousands of generations setting forests up in order to sustainably produce food. Um, and when uh when colonialism arrived that was often just seen as like oh this is this is these are wild places for us to for us to extract or tear down and replace with monocultures you know single crops um and so a, a big part of actually building back that capacity the capacity of us to to survive off of the food that can sustainably grow where we live 
is is looking back to those indigenous methods and and also um you know giving back land in a lot of cases um and yeah i i that's something you talk about in your videos that i think is really important to um to 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 explain to people yeah i mean there's there's really is no way to separate the violent and oppressive institution of colonialism with the ecocidal nature of modern states. You know, those two are deeply intertwined, deeply married together. And so you can't fight climate change without addressing the issue of sovereignty, of indigenous sovereignty and land back. Yeah, it's um it's really interesting. I've been I've been up hunting on Mount Hood with a friend who is uh who went to school for like forestry management. And as we were driving, we had to drive through a chunk of the reservation in order to get to the uh, the BLM land where we're, we're able to hunt. And he pointed it out. And once he did, it was immediately obvious just how different the land under indigenous control looked from the, the, the land, you know, just feet away that was being managed by the federal government in terms of like how much better the, the forest management was, how much how much smarter it was it was managed in order to. Um, reduce the chances of like a ladder fire that that actually kills you know the trees and whatnot. There's this whole thing blowing up on Twitter right now where you've got uh, a chunk of Marxists who are are trying to frame land back as uh, just like shifting ownership of resources, which I think is really missing the point. What I find interesting about Twitter <laughs> is yeah. that the exact same discourses are repeated over and over and over again. So yeah. I remember this exact conversation happening around this time last year, around April last year, um, earlier this year as well. It's just the same discourses get recycled over and over again. And it's reached a point for me where I realized that these people uh, don't want to learn about land back, what it really means, because they are invested in the structure as it exists and they don't want to have to interrogate that. So, yeah, <laughs> this found out to be an interesting thing of note. Yeah, and it's um, it's 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 frustrating. Um, I I guess that that acts as like a general uh uh description of of Twitter discourse, but Cert- certainly does. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's telling the degree to which people, even on the left, treat it as a fantasy as opposed to doggedly pragmatic um and and proven so like proven by like like you know the, like you can read UN reports that will that will essentially say land back in the space of a 500 page you know study on how indigenous land management functions a, a great deal better than um than a lot of the stuff that's like centralized by the federal government where we like our federal government is terrible at land management um and it's part of the uh it's part of the problem. I think one of the things that that excites me about solar punk as an aesthetic and idea is is getting back to this relationship with the land as opposed to talking about just preserving it um, as, as talking about managing it, because because none right. of our none of the land that people live on is like wild in the sense that exactly. people mean it as it's been exactly. cultivated. You know? and, that's, and that's the thing, right? The whole philosophy of, you know, um, land uh, preservation as was taken up by the US government with the whole um, you know you can stop forest fires kind of thing ended up leading to more forest fires down yeah. the line because if we have a role in the ecosystem we're not just there to 
stand back from afar and just observe it. So when we don't do our part to manage the underbrush and whatnot and clear it away and uh, exercise, you know, control fires, but we end up in the situation we're in today, you know, cultivation, not just sterile preservation. Yeah. Now, one of the things that you talk about well, because one of the more frustrating discourses, this is not just a Twitter thing, this has been going on for years, is the discourse around GMO crops. And usually, I would say like the two most commonly heard sides are GMOs are bad because, you know, Monsanto cancer, whatever, or GMOs are good um, in in thought. Um, And the thing that you point out, which is, I think, the accurate take is GMOs, the, the, the preponderance of evidence says that, like, there's nothing inherently dangerous about genetically modified crops, but the way in which they're often used is in order to create these massive monocultures is really toxic. So there's a lot of promise um, for GMOs in terms of keeping our our existence on this planet sustainable. But what's not sustainable is the kind of industrialized agriculture where you have 10,000 acres of one thing, which just doesn't happen in nature. Exactly. Exactly. And if you look at how genetic modification took place prior to, you know, all advancements in genetic modification technology, um, I'm not sure how many people are familiar with the dozens upon dozens, if not hundreds of varieties of just corn that were mm-hmm. present in the Americas prior to colonization. A lot of those varieties were wiped out or were suppressed in favor of these monocultures. But if we're able to cultivate a diversity of these crops and maybe bring some of them back through genetic modification, that will really help us with you know, food resilience in a world with an increasingly unpredictable climate. Yeah, yeah, I think that, I mean, I think you said it perfectly. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. 
Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I want to move back to kind of what I introduced the episode with, which is talking about the value of of fiction and myth-making in a, in a very pragmatic sense. I, I guess I'll start by saying I think one of the clearest signs of the danger that we're in and how toxic our society has gotten, um, and I am speaking from a, a, a primarily U.S.-centric standpoint here, but I don't think it's unique to the United States, is the extent to which— Trust me, um, as, <laughs> as the saying goes, when the U.S. sneezes, Trinidad catch a cold. So anytime <laughs> there's some phenomenon happening mm-hmm. in the U.S., they are the copycats down yeah. here as well. So, and I I do think this is pretty global. I mean, you see it in like South Korean films and and yep. it, it, just I, all I, over. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, the obsession <laughs> with apocalypse, and when we when we go to the future, it's always a dystopia. Um, there's a degree to which we've almost forgotten how to imagine utopia or even not just utopia just a way of living that is an improvement yeah. in a we've, lot of ways a future that's better we've forgotten yeah. to do both utopian fiction and any just kind of like positive fiction in yeah. a lot of ways i mean you, just you, yeah yeah it's, it's, it's understandable because the world is kind of terrible right now in a yep. lot of in a lot of ways but there's also there's been utopian fiction inside other terrible worlds as well i think just the modern interconnected media sphere has really rewarded this type of like dystopian and collapse based apocalypse fiction. Yeah. And I'm sure that's, that's worth interrogating why, but it is a problem that needs to be solved. Yeah. And it is. And it, and you're, I think it's important to it's not entirely based in how fucked up things are. Cause like when the first Star Trek came out, yeah. we were at like the height of the cold war. Things were terrible. There was and, a lot of utopian <laughs> fiction during world war yeah, two. During world war two. Um, I, I will always be impressed by the fact that Gene Roddenberry saw it as incredibly important both to be like okay well in the future like in the middle of the civil rights movement in the future we will have overcome like racism but not just that but like i'm gonna i'm gonna stick a russian on the bridge too because nations are going to end as a concept and like this stuff won't matter um and that just that kind of utopian fiction at least at this at the scale of popularity that you know star trek was in its time just isn't present anymore and i that's tremendously worrying to me and i i see a lot of hope in in solar punk for that um i'm i guess for starters i'm interested in in your thoughts on this and your interest in the uh, andrew what you think is like the pragmatic value of 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 positive a fiction that 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 imagines a better world yeah so i've done probably um I think I've done like two videos on solar punk so far. Um, two major videos on solar punk, as well as a smaller video, two other smaller videos. Um, and what I've seen in the comments and in the general social media reaction again and again is solar punk saved my life. You know, solar punk mm-hmm. has given me hope. You know, I was slipping into despair, but this video really 
gave me a jump start to try something new and to start afresh and to pursue action as opposed to just lying down and taking whatever comes next. And that that is it for me, you know. I think the fact that Solar Punk offers like an energizing vision. It's not just a vision, it's an energizing vision because yeah. in every step of the way, it shows what you can do. You know, when you show when you look at Solar Punk art or um you look at the small but growing genre of solar punk literary media or you know you look at well there's not that many solar punk video games right now but hopefully there will be in the future um when you look at the various forms of solar punk media that are coming out and people's responses to them you see that it's not like as you're all mentioning like star trek where it's all this far out technology that we can only aspire to for now. Yeah. You know, solar punk is something that you can literally put in your backyard or your balcony or your home or your school or your community. You know, you could put these things in place like from now, you know, and you could incorporate it into your politics as, you know, as they are. And they could also help to push your politics forward, you know, because through solar punk, we can open up discussions about, okay, so how do we ensure that, People live comfortably within the parameters of, you know, the earth's carrying capacity. You know, you open up discussions about indigenous sovereignty. You open up discussions about um, the relationship between the global north and the global south and responsibility with regard to our response to climate change. Well, you open up a lot of different discussions through the realm of solar punk. It energizes people, as I said. And yeah, I think that is its pragmatic purpose. It doesn't stand alone, of course, but it is a driving force. Yeah. Would you kind of give out a list of if people are, you know, if this is someone's first introduction to the concept of of solar punk, what is some reading you want to draw people towards? What is some fiction? Like, I know you mentioned The Dispossessed by uh, Le Guin, right? Um, yes. Which often gets cited. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested in kind of other other recommendations you might have for our listeners, Ari, that. Right. So um, I'm still getting into the genre myself, so I don't have too many um, recommendations. There are some um, decent short story collections, um, like Sun Vault by couple different authors. There's also multi-species cities, solar punk, urban futures. Um, and the one I read most recently was Ecotopia, which is quite is much older than all the others. It's actually a book that was published in the in nineteen seventy five. Um and not all aspects of its politics are things I agree with, but I think for a first, um, it was one of the really the first of its kind in that sort of eco-utopian genre that really laid out what this society would look like. Um, the book is structured uh, in a series of novel entries and notebook reports by a journalist from the United States who has gone to this country called Ecotopia, which is sort of where the Pacific Northwest states are. And... Um, 
he's basically breaking down. He's going to different parts of the country and breaking down how they have lived and how they have decided to structure their lives. Um, and even though not every aspect of it is one that I would want to see implemented, I still think that it really sparks the imagination, really gets you thinking, well, maybe I wouldn't do it this way, but how else could this be done? And I think the capacity for solopunk stories suggest generate that thought and generate one's imagination is very useful in a world where we don't really get to use our imaginations much. Not really since childhood, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I think it's often understated the degree to which using your imagination is a vitally necessary part of actual radical politics. Yep. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who consider themselves radicals, you know, some of these, some of these, not to, you know, slam every Marxist Leninist on the planet, but certainly some of the ones who are coming up with these bad faith criticisms of land back. It's like, you're not a radical, you're a conservative who wants to go back to a different kind of problematic thing. Um, Exactly. Ignore the fact that the Soviet exactly. Union poisoned like the largest body of water in yeah. Europe, and, you know, all, all the different things that the Soviet Union did that were horrible for the environment and extractive and yeah, colonial. I find it interesting that, you know, yeah. there are these people who call themselves radicals, but at the very first um, encounter with a radical idea, their first instinct is to shut down. Mm-hmm. Their first instinct is to just push back against it. Whereas, not to toot my own horn or anything, but, you know, when I see an idea that I haven't encountered before, that may seem strange to me, that challenges some of my preconceived notions, my first reaction is not to shout about how this goes against everything Lenin said. You know, my first reaction is to investigate it and to open space for it in my mind to really, you know, turn it around and imagine what it might look like and how it might fit with what I have learned about before. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's great advice for radical politics. It's also just good life advice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Especially for engaging with ideas that you are less keen on at the moment or, or, or just unaware of. Yeah, I absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, my whole thing yeah. is if I have like a strong gut reaction to something, it might be because it may be hitting a part of me that might be benefiting from that system. You know, I mean, I don't benefit from the system in a lot of respects, you know, as a black guy from the Caribbean, but as a man, as in as a cis het man, you know, I do have privileges that I must be aware of and I can't just like be so quick to shut down, you know, something that might make me a bit uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. I think that's such a valuable thing to keep in mind, especially as a, a more or less cis white guy, like a, you know, a significant number of people listening are, if you're uncomfortable by a new idea, is it uh, is it because the idea is bad or is it because it it strikes at an area in which you may not even have like thought about being privileged? Like, I'm I'm uncomfortable. 
I had even though there's no I have no intellectual argument against it with the idea of uh of ending our use of cars as they exist because I love I love to drive but that's also heavily rooted in 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 tremendous privilege on my behalf um American and, car culture and so yeah and um you know we 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 did talk about that a bit in the opening episodes of season 2 the idea that like a more you know, when we we kind of had our little utopian ending, the idea that like, well, maybe you'd have a car that's communally owned and used for certain tasks, but you know, the idea of 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 car culture as the center of a city is um, is death. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. death. When we talk about getting past cars, it's not to say that like people will never use vehicles that move again. Like obviously we will; they're necessary for some. We're not tasks. all going back to horse-drawn buggies. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I think one of the last things on like solar punk kind of tying into the whole kind of nature of the show is I, I really liked Andrew your point on like how solar punk is like an energizing force and I feel like we have very few of those on the left and especially on the anarchist left um mm-hmm. like I've, I've 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 had my decent stint of like anarcho nihilism and the, the <laughs> yeah, problem you sure have, the, 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 <laughs> like the problem with that is like 
it's very easy. Like anarcho-nihilism is one of like the easiest ideologies mm-hmm. to 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 grasp onto because it validifies all of your bad feelings. Yeah. Um, but it also it most of the people who I know who are like real into anarcho-nihilism, they're generally not very happy people. <laughs> like because no. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of miserable all the time. Um and sure they'll like scoff at like solar punk as like some like greenwashed yogurt commercial like you know <laughs> a, like a utopian thing but also like it's actually lots of solar punk that we've talked about it's like actually about doing specific things like it's actually like actually going to do something rather than just being an insurrecto kid um or just just you know talking about nihilist zines and books on twitter for all day and i think mm-hmm. w- one of one of your one of my favorite videos of yours is your video on the psychology of collapse um yeah because yeah i think that's one of my 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 favorites as well (laughs) it's 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 a it's really just like a a masterpiece and how deep you get into every different type of collapse thinking because it's not just on the right it's not 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 on the left it's not just whether you're you know more you know anarchist more authoritarian it's like you get into every specific type of thinking that plays into this idea around collapse and i think if I, I, re- I recommend everyone check out your channel and especially watch your solar punk videos, but specifically on the topic of collapse, like, you know, part of our show, we were trying to kind of be a little bit like anti-collapse. Um, and I think your, your video really shows the depth of that topic um, and how to approach this because yeah. collapse is a feeling like it's a feeling we all have and it needs to be interrogated. And I think your video does just a magnificent job interrogating that feeling. Great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't overemphasize how important that is because I, I, one of the major failings, there were a number of victories for kind of anarchist thought, particularly within the United States during the, um, the insurrection last year. One of its tremendous defeats is that it has become characterized in a huge number of people's eyes as breaking windows and, and starting fires. Um, and yeah, that's a lot of that is because the media is trash um, and is trash at reporting on on all of this stuff. But some of it is because a lot of people have let that be their primary praxis. Um, yeah. And that again, I don't care about people breaking windows. I don't care about people lighting dumpster fires. But if that's what you're presenting to the world as your praxis, that doesn't appeal to people and you have to um because you have to remember that yeah anarchism is not just destructive it is also constructive yeah it's the constructive part we need to be boosting more than ever and there were some you know from the context of portland some really strong examples of that last year the incredible amount of mutual aid that was was put together in a very short period of time yeah during the fire relief was was incredible um and the red house the uh, the eviction defense occupation was a really good riposte to, you know, the disaster that was the Chaz in Seattle, that this was like, this was an area that was temporarily autonomous from the police that did not collapse into violence, that succeeded in its goal and that cleaned up after itself and presented an option for people like, this is how it can look when we try to evict people, you know, this is what can happen. Um, so I, I think there, I don't want to like be too negative, but I think that a lot of folks because of um for a variety of reasons you know the the there's been so much focus on kind of the insurrection not even that because i think that building 
can be insurrectionist. I, I think that can seed be, yeah. bombing, guerrilla gardening can be profoundly it's, insurrectionist. It's, it's like um, destruction has an immediate result of making you feel better, right? Yeah. It, it has an immediate it's rush of, of endorphins and hormones. It makes you happy when you do it. It's, it, it, is, it is an exhilarating act and you feel like you're accomplishing something. Allegedly. What's, what's harder <laughs> is to like have that same feeling by doing seed bombing, right? By, yeah. by actually like improving your community slowly through these types of like solar so, so, so park ideas they don't have the same immediate emotional reaction. Yeah. So a lot of people, like, when they, you know, think about what insurrection is, they can default to this destructive tendency, which destruction has its time and place. Um, but if that's your only praxis, you're, n- we're not going to improve yeah. the world at all. Like, right, it's, that's not going to do anything. Um, There's a... help, helping through, you know, giving out food, helping through giving out socks and clothes, helping through all of these so- solar punk ways. These are things that actually, like, are going to yeah. improve things on a tangible level, yeah. they, they, and they're going to make more people be like, "Oh, hey, what what are these anarchists doing? That's actually interesting." Versus, "Oh, what are these anarchists doing? This is stupid. Ignore everything they say." Yeah, people have to remember as well that um, you know there are seeds of solar punk in Kropotkin's writings. You know, from the conquest yeah. of bread to mutual aid, and um, those are sort of things that should be just as emphasized as the destructive, uh, exhilarating aspects of anarchism. Yeah. There's a line in a Frank Turner song, a couple of lines actually, in a song called 1933 that I go back to a lot. But one of them is, you can't fix the world if all you have is a hammer. And and that's, I guess, what I see as like the primary practical benefit of solar punk just as an aesthetic, as a piece of fiction, is getting people to expand their toolbox. Yeah, get yourself a trowel, you know, some, um, some screwdrivers, you know. Yeah, keep the hammer. You need that sometimes too, but let's Absolutely. let's grab some other tools. Exp- expand the toolbox. I think is a yeah. really great metaphor for yeah. all of this type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's most of what we're going to get into today. Um, there's a couple of pieces of, of things I would want to read. One of them isn't. I, this isn't directly. I think it predates the solar punk, but it it uh, I think feeds into some of what. I think it emotionally feeds into a lot of what we're talking about here. It's a, an essay from David Graeber called The Shock of Victory, um, which I think is really useful to ah, read. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, and I would also recommend um, uh, Cory Doctorow's new fiction novel, Walk Away, um, which I think is oh, yeah, a, a really wonderful piece. That was of, a wonderful, hmm? wonderful book. I should have included yeah. it in my um, recommendations, yeah. but it was really great. Yeah, I, I read it recently and it made me um it made me feel the way like as a fiction writer that a grid piece of fiction should, which is like I, I felt bad. Uh yeah, I felt I, bad about some I of felt... the things that I had written because there's 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 <laughs> such there's so much more courage. Because I I wrote a piece of fiction that has some solar punk elements, has some quasi utopian elements in the dystopia, but I didn't have the courage to kind of go as far as as Corey did and to imagine a kind of pacifism that he he has the courage to kind of put into the into the hands of his his protagonists. Like I I I really respect that about the book. I mean, the book goes in some very interesting AI directions as well. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's got some great shit. Um, and I always enjoy Corey's uh, Corey's love of Burning Man, um, of what it could be as <laughs> kind of what the what what some of it's turned into. But yeah, um, Andrew, is there anything else you wanted to get into before we uh, we close this out? I, w- I just want to remind people to check on your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
we are all going through various stages of collapse as I outlined in my video. And, you know, we shift between them from time to time. So try not to go through it alone, you know? There's no, yeah. there's no I in solar punk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, check out uh, St. Andrew on YouTube at St. Andrewism. Um, Andrew, is there any, anything else you wanted to kind of plug uh, from your own, your own uh, personal work? Yeah. So um, other than the, you know, the solar punk videos and the collapse videos, I want to remind, sorry, I rather, I want to shout out my video on black anarchism uh, I think that is a pretty essential look into uh, the history of Black anarchism in the United States and in the world. Uh, I also want to recommend um, my video on the psychology of authoritarianism. Uh, I know a lot of people have family members who are conservative or on the right or maybe leaning fascist. And I think that might be helpful for, you know, helping them to or rather helping you to understand where their mindset's at. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah. you know, check out my video on uh, Puma Blitzing. I think that was a pretty fun one as well. It breaks down a lot of, it, bre it breaks down how you can go about implementing food forests or permaculture gardens, wherever you find yourself. Awesome. Um, thank you very much for being on the show, Andrew. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow or if this comes out friday we'll be back you know another day we'll be back at some point you know you know how this works you understand podcasts it could happen here is a production of cool zone media for more podcasts from cool zone media visit our website coolzonemedia.com or check us out on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts you can find sources for it could happen here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources thanks for listening Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
it. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.